Everything's good. I think I'm winning the race. Keep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Saylette. And we are happy to be back with you for a new episode where we read a romance novel and discuss with you. And we are so happy today to be joined by Essie Reichert. Uh, we read her book, Fixing Destiny, and we're going to share that with you. So welcome. She said Sarah. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. We're so happy to have you on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we met Sarah on a panel. Well, for you guys is months ago, but in July, we did the Denver Fan Expo, where we discussed books and romance novels and different had different discussions and different panels with Sarah. And that's where we met her. And so we are so delighted and so happy to have her with us, because we had a lot of fun having those discussions with you. So we're excited to talk to you just in general, as a person, as an author, and to talk a little bit about your book. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm I'm excited. You guys made that expo so much fun just to be on those panels. Oh, thanks. You did too. We (laughs) had a fucking kick with you. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yes. So let's start off with our quickie and then we can get into our discussions. Okay. So our quickies is just how we start off all of our episodes where we just ask a single question and we each get a turn to answer it. So Sarah, will let you answer it first. The question is, do you believe in ghosts? That is a great question, especially given my book. (laughs) I I honestly, I do believe, uh, I do believe in energy. And I think uh, energy being left behind when somebody goes, you know, you can feel it in big places like Gettysburg and and where there's a tremendous amount of loss. But I think there's something there. I think in the modern day, we kind of discredit those kind of hippy dippy feelings, (laughs) for lack of a better term, you know. But yeah, I think there's something to be said for for things outside of our knowledge existing around us. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about you, Kalina? I agree with that. I don't know that I buy into like a manifestation kind of ghost, but definitely I think there's more connectivity and energy connectivity across the universe than we understand. There's things beyond our perception that could be that feeling and that that sense of somebody or some part of them kind of remaining around a bit longer, like like leaving a mark almost, an energy mark on a place or a person. So yeah, kind of, but a a type of ghost, not like a Casper floating around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a little bit more of the energy feel and and the the spiritualness that's surrounded. I don't particularly believe it. Like if you wanted the quick answer, I would say no. Mm -hmm. But I think it would be difficult not to believe in something that is just like lingering. And I think it also has a lot to do with how our emotions are after, especially if it has something to do with like a connection to us. If it's someone that we love at past, we want to still feel that connection, right? So we invite it and we we welcome it if we're feeling lonely or, you know, just anything like that. So um, I suffer from sleep paralysis and Cambodians believe that that is all demonistic and just like bad and evil spirits. And it's scary as shit. It's not the funnest thing to go through. But for me, it's scientific. It's because I sleep very badly because <laughs> I'm not a good sleeper unless I have my APAP machine, which is so sexy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Please, please talk slow and tell me. <laughs> What is an APAP? The APAP, the APAP? It's, it's like a CPAP. Do you know what a CPAP okay. is? Nope. What's okay. A <laughs> so it's it's so a CPAP is like a controlled breathing machine. It helps okay. people who have like sleep apnea okay. breathe during their sleep. Otherwise, they'll stop breathing intermittently right. during their their rest time. An APAP is an automatic breathing machine. It, it does it for you. Like it helps, oh. puts the pressure down your your nose or your mouth, whichever mask you want to wear, and then it helps you breathe. Okay. So for me, and Kalina knows this firsthand, I snore like a fucking <laughs> train. What? I tear the house down. Like literally <laughs> thought the house would not survive it. I was shocked. Walls were shaking. Pictures it, were falling it, off. You're having an event. It, it I... Yeah, that such a small person can make (laughs) such a big noise. (laughs) It's beyond me. I cannot snore anybody. So for me, it's for my snoring. I don't have sleep apnea, but it helps control my breathing. So the last time Colleen and I stayed together, I used my machine and she's like, what? Not a single noise. It was magic. (laughs) Magical machine. For everyone. Everyone slept yes. that night. Yeah. So I have less episodes of sleep paralysis now. But that was always contributed to like 
ghosts and spiritual and, and my connection to the outer world at least that's what a lot of Cambodians believe but I generally do not but yeah I'd prefer it just be a breathing issue and not that you're being possessed yes have, have you ever had experience with sleep paralysis uh no but I'm, I'm familiar with it yeah okay. it's scary it's, it's like you're scary. conscious but your body can't move and you're do anything i used to get it three or four times a week wow yeah and now i get it maybe once or twice a month yeah and witnessing it was terrifying yes you also (laughs) witnessed it once and you came and rubbed my feet i was gonna say did you pick on her like did you poke her No, I was like, you have got to wake up or whatever needs to happen to make this stop. Right now, it's really hard to wake up. Well, because I, I saw, I felt her presence, and I saw her. I felt her touching my feet, but she was also standing in a room with like twenty other people in my vision. But there was only two other people in the room, so like in real life. This is crazy. It's crazy. I feel like we should take her to some parties and perform. (laughs) I'll be your 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 trick pony. Let's do it. Witness. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. So for this episode, we read Fixing Destiny, which is the first in a trilogy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. just a three. Okay. Trilogy. South Town Harbor. Yes, that's yes. correct. Yep. And in it we meet Destiny, who has just had the traumatic loss of both of her parents. And is moving away from her home in Texas, where she she spent her whole life and the company that her dad built that she now owns and has uprooted to Maine, her mother's hometown or home state, and bought a dilapidated cottage that she's going to fix up and just take a time to move on and hopefully move past the traumatic loss of her parents. And instead, we get ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Or one, at least. A ghost. (laughs) I'm going to just say, because I think it's the first thing to say, is I loved this book so much. And I think anyone who's listening to our podcast, if they don't read, like, I know we always tell people to read the books, but I'm 100% like, I will come find you if you don't read this book. (laughs) It is the most well-written book I've read in a long time. And it is beautiful. It's emotional. Like, all of the characters are so well formed and realistic and like I'm sitting here in 99 degree weather reading about her being frozen inside by this ghost and I'm like under three blankets like it, I can't get warm either and it's like <laughs> shivering so deep exactly it's Aww. like the, it comes right off the page and it just captures you and I just I just love this book so and also why don't we have the other two yet Sayla and why haven't we read them <laughs> Dude, when you told me that they were out and we're going to purchase them, I was like, I can't do this interview because I have to go read them. You have to go read this book. <laughs> Sorry. <right now. laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Sorry. Busy. Yeah. I, and I, so. I agree. I take many books with me on vacation. Sarah, this is the only one I've ever read and finished. Oh, wow. Thank you. Let me tell you, my reading abilities are fucking terrible. <laughs> they are not very good. Are you, are you in the light, right line of work? Or? I know, right? <laughs> Wait, what should you? Well, we usually listen to our books. Um, yeah, I know I'd like to do an audiobook, but <laughs> but I was fully immersed in this. I stayed inside my RV in Florida most of the time, and all I wanted to do was finish this book. And when I did, I was sad. Aww. I was sad because it was over, and I wanted actually. I think at that point, I started following you on all your social media. Oh, and then I started um, stalking you a little bit, Ooh, um, and I'm glad that I didn't say anything because I wanted to sort of harass you for the next books, including I was like there out dude we just don't have them i was like oh that's good that's real good stop following her home stop from it. her work <laughs> well i'd gladly send you both some yeah you know, like sign them and things if you want. oh yeah it'd be so lovely yeah we just i was instantly just drawn into the yeah. book and i do i think you're a fantastic writer oh my god so I think we can kind of start with Maine and, and Southtown Harbor. And I mean, that is a beautiful little setting. And how realistic is it for you? Like, I mean, is it a place you know, or something you've kind of built from conglomeration of places and ideas? Uh, yeah, well, when I first started writing it, um, well, I was poor and a mom, like of babies. So I couldn't just jet off to Maine. Um, <laughs> a lot of magazine pictures and made like Pinterest boards and, and did a lot of research. And a lot of Southton Harbor actually coincides with my little hometown up in Wyoming. 
because they're they're similar, you know, these older buildings that are sandwiched in together where all the businesses are and quaint little streets and really friendly people because it's such a tight community. And so, but I did have to do a lot of Googling of what is the temperature in August in Maine or how, how often does it snow? When does it snow? You know? Yeah. So it was a little bit of everything, but yeah, it was fun to be able to build some of the detail from memories I had of places I lived and traveled up in small towns there. Yeah. So it's completely made up. Yes. It's not based in a real town in Maine. Um, but we're sad. I know. I wanted to move there. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe what I do is I take a little tour up there and be like, this is the closest one that I can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then let us know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, it was a very enticing town to, to live in. And I thought that was really an extra character of the story. Um, and watching Destiny kind of go out of her comfort zone, like completely from Texas to Maine. That's, you know, a pretty large, <laughs> like as far <laughs> north-south as you yeah. can get for the country. And to right. like, I think a lot of it was like, you know, she had such a traumatic loss. And I don't think she was dealing with it super great. Um, seemed kind of like she was running away a little bit and not feeling that loss. But without her even realizing it, she was rebuilding a family for herself in the town. Mm-hmm. And then we saw that at the end when yeah. they all come around for her and are there for her. And she doesn't, she wants to downplay it and be like, oh, don't worry about me. I'm fine. But it was really important that, you know, she lost her parents. It was the only family she had. But that's not your only family in this world. You can make new family. And, it, you know, they aren't just you know, a new lover or a husband or wife or something, but a whole community can come around if you're the kind of person like Destiny was, where you're just open and giving and caring and everyone around you will come to you and be there right. for you. So return that yeah, return yeah. that energy. It was it was fun to write that to have somebody who's basically orphaned in the world, you know, and to find and make a family out of strangers, essentially, that it was, yeah, I'm glad you saw that. Was there an inspiration (laughs) behind that idea at all? Um, Not in particular. I think I I wanted to start a book off where somebody had pretty much just lost everything. And then how do you rebuild from that? And how do you, I mean, it's a romance, obviously, and I wanted, you know, ghost sex and some really (laughs) naughty, nasty, wonderful scenes. But I also wanted, I like my characters. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I wanted my characters to have some kind of development or, or, um, you know, an arc uh, to make them more interesting and more connectable to your reader. Yeah. Did I answer that question or did I just go off? I think I went Yeah, no, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say I'm reverting back to my panel days. What was that question? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, your daughters did walk in at some point. So it could get a little nervous. Yeah, right when we were talking about contraception. (laughs) (laughs) Please pay attention to this. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, it was good. We're going to try to promote this as much as we can before this episode comes out so that we can get people to read it because it's just, it's fantastic. And we, it, your your skill comes out in your writing, not just the story. I fell in love with the story. It made me cry. I didn't want to have a vacation with my family. All I wanted to do was immerse myself <laughs> into this book, and I did. So, it, I mean, it was beautifully, beautifully written. Now, how did you – can you talk a little bit about how you got started with writing? Sure, yeah. I started – I mean – I guess eighth grade is when I started writing poetry outside of what you have to write for school. Mm. Um, and then probably right, like when, it's, when I, I discovered you didn't have to rhyme your poems and it like blew up my whole fucking world, you know? Um, <clears throat> but, and then when in high school, I started with short stories and the things you have to write, but I really wasn't as fun. And I read, I read a lot of romance novels growing up and and I wanted to write one of those. But you, you know, you guys know, you read some that are really good and some that are really bad. And I wanted... When I got, I wrote, oh God, I wrote some horrible novels in college, you know, like, thank God they were on floppy disks because no one will ever know that they existed. <laughs> but but um, by the time I'd gotten to this novel, it's about my third full length novel that I've written. And um, I wanted it to be beautiful. I wanted it to be, you know, slightly poetic. And, and I, I think words are very powerful. And if I know there's a lot of show, don't tell and, and, be very mindful to keep your writing from getting too flowery. But I think part of what's beautiful about writing a good book is having a little bit more 
beauty in it and how you express those thoughts. So that's that's what I like to do with my writing. Well, it definitely came out in this. So, I mean, for me, it wasn't just the story, the characters that you created, this little cute town that you'd built that we want to live in. But it was how your <laughs> words came across and how they, you know, mixed with each other. And it's just, the, I don't know, it, it really, I'm with Colleen on it was very beautifully. It's what actually, besides, you know, the story and the crying and everything behind it, it was how you write it. And it, it is poetic in that sense. And so, yeah, I really do help or hope that our readers are going to be listening to this or our listeners are going to be reading this. I said that way backwards. Well, that's also funny. <laughs> that's an also funny way of saying it. Yes. She's like, well, you could it that way. I agree. I hope, I hope they, if they ever listen to us on anything, I hope they take this opportunity to read this. Because I think you can tell that you write poetry because the words are poetical. And it, it does paint a very clear picture of the town, but also of like Destiny's her character arc and like the things that she's feeling because she starts off as you know what I would say like she's a super independent strong character who comes here she's just gonna put her head down and build you know fix that house and put her whole you know heart and soul into it but she is empty from the loss and I think she takes advantage well not takes advantage but she attaches to the opportunity of she there's a ghost in her house so there's this like a person to share a space and life with who she didn't have to do a lot of work for like you know she wasn't probably in a place to do that work on a relationship but instead she's just like i bought a house and there's a ghost and it is an easy place to start putting some of that energy that she's you know, instead of focusing on the loss of her parents, she kind of turns it into this new relationship with a ghost. (laughs) And, you know, it has highs and lows. But it was really interesting because she goes from being so strong and independent. And like, she doesn't take shit from him. She's like, he, you know, tries to scare her and and throws her shit around and breaks her plates. And she's like, I don't care. I'm just going to clean up. Like, you cannot ruffle me. And then by the end, she's like, she's given so much of herself over that she's very, like, a she has a moment of a very different character. Like, she's kind of lost. Yeah. She's fallen down and doesn't know who she really was. And to see her start to come back at the end was very strong and important. Like, it was hard to witness going through. I mean, but it's, it was the beauty of the story. But to watch her become less and less of herself as the story goes on, and even to see it through the eyes of the neighbors and, and like, Hank, who she works with and Max and all of her friends who have made friends with her and are watching her kind of fade away was it just Mm -hmm. it just touches like the story feels so good (laughs) with like the ghost parts and then it it just flows like that yes I know I can't I just have too many words to say (laughs) about it but I think that that was a really beautiful way to do that and to show the like energy transference between her and Jack yeah that's Uh, not a question thank you that was so beautiful to say yeah I mean I know. And then when I listen to you speak, and I'm like, she uses such big, pretty words. Like, I can do it on when I'm writing. But when people ask me out loud to orally perform, if you will, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Try having a I podcast present, but with thank you. her. <laughs> <laughs> was written one she, or listening to one and she said she used a word. It wasn't, was it reticent or, oh gosh, I had to Google it. Like, oh, why, why am I in <laughs> anyway yeah i thought it was interesting to to almost be able to take her strength away a little bit and to so that i don't think she could really deal with the loss until she had hit a bottom where she realized you know that i am not okay inside and not just because like some ghost stole all my energy but because i've lost so much and and to come back from that yeah yeah and it was hard to witness while she was in the hospital recovering after he had left her you know, all of her friends, all of the towns, the, her community, her new family is out there. You know, we want you back. Just come back to us. We're, we love you. And and you could just feel it because you don't have any context from her, really, because it's all the experiences of the people that are going through, you know, witnessing her in the in the hospital. But you could already you could feel it. You could feel in her that she's like, I have nothing the people that I want, I can't have. My parents are gone. And the man that I love is not really a man. <laughs> He's a ghost. You know, and even he had left. 
because, you know, he had the mm-hmm. unfinished business and all of that stuff. And, and that's all done. And, and he had to go. There was no way that he could have stayed. That scene, that last part of the scene, fucking, it tore me apart. Like, I'm having a hard time explaining it right now. My eyes are getting watery because I just remember the emotion that you put in there for. And she didn't even speak. She was out. <laughs> and it was so powerful how you emoted that. I don't know. It's incredible. Thank you. I was going to make a comment about that. That's how people feel when you're sleeping and they're trying to wake you up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come back to us, Mom. I need breakfast. Juice. Open my juice. <laughs> so I think what you did with Jack in his ghost form was pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about like how you kind of came to like what he'd be like, how he'd be able to like move or interact with the world, and like give him the differing phases almost that he goes through, like how that kind of came about for you? Okay, yeah, yeah, it was. Oh gosh, it's hard because you you want these two people to have sex, but he has no form. So yeah, <laughs> I remember doing a lot of research into like in paranormal experiences with people. How could it ever be possible that some sort of spirit or energetic force could take on a physical form or pick up a flashlight or whatever and you know a lot of the experts in the field we'll just call them that yeah let's say experts <laughs> would say that if they can drain a power source they can take more of a physical form and so i use that as sort of the basis of he's this energy in the house and he can't leave and he's stuck there and he's feeding off his own trauma and he's feeding off his own uh, sadness. And so when she comes in and she's this highly energetic person, she's really hot bodied. She's really warm. She comes from this hot, dry state into this cold environment. And I think I took it like he he could sort of feed off of her own energy to become more solid in form. I was going to say harder, but we'll wait for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He gets there. (laughs) He gets there. Uh, He starts off because he's so sad and because he's just horribly, I mean, I don't know, how long has he been there? Gosh, why am I asking you? I wrote the book. 30 some some years. years. (laughs) Right. So he's just never really thought about his physical form. He never thinks about what he looks like to other people, just that he's scary. And and I I don't want to give anything away, but like he drowned. So to have him Mm -hmm. come back in his first time that he meets destiny in sort of a form that she can recognize I thought there's something really creepy about like a drowned person corpse walking around where he's all like his clothes are saggy and torn and his hair's in his face and he's kind of gaunt and pale and the book progresses and they have these interactions and she listens to him and he listens to her and they're building a connection. It's like he wants to look better. He wants to look more like himself. He wants to be less creepy ass ghost in her presence. So <laughs> and so that's why he kind of starts making an effort to to look more like he did when he was alive and mm-hmm. I don't know, a little I hotter. It was a beautiful yeah. progression. Yeah, a little hotter. I I always have an image of who I want in my head. And so the character I had in my head was pretty, pretty hot. And I loved the description that you had of him when they first meet. And he's just like, scary. Like, if you remember Pirates of the Caribbean, I kind of thought of Will's dad, Will Turner, like Will Turner Sr., where he's just like really green (laughs) and wet the whole time. Been on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) That was who I envisioned at first. But then obviously, as you gave it a descriptions of him becoming more clean and more you know dry and and just more handsome I had a different character in my head and I don't know I just think that's so brilliant how that was portrayed because you do you eventually are like okay the sex is coming (laughs) how is this going to work are there toys involved are there furniture involved (laughs) what's happening here there is a refrigerator involved oh yes there is yeah there I like fucking Sarah (laughs) (laughs) that was the most intense oh my god i loved that scene so much first i almost cried because i thought something bad was going to happen with the delivery dudes but obviously jack's there so that wouldn't have happened but then she didn't have a towel anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it was so good I, I have a friend that was like, I'm going to need me to buy, I need to buy a fridge like that fridge. <laughs> you send me a picture of what you were thinking of. <laughs> I want that fridge. Yes. I want that exact fridge. 
I'll take the stove too. I I don't know the I don't I don't know what the old stove looks like, but there's history behind it apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! Which I guess we're talking about that scene. We can go ahead and, yeah, and do the kiss and tell. Talk about so. that scene. <laughs> The, so that so that scene is, <laughs> she gets a ref, uh, refrigerator delivered. There's two delivery dudes there. One of them has got really bad images in his head because she answers the door in just her towel. She had just taken a shower. And of course, Jack is watching over her. So she really has nothing to worry about. But Jack can read these really malicious thoughts inside one of the delivery guys' mind. And he's just like, you need to deliver this shit and get the fuck out of here because I will kill you, is essentially... <laughs> what he said he didn't say it exactly like that but scared the shit out of this dude so they did and they left and then he's like why did you answer the door into your towel <laughs> you know essentially and she's like what what are you talking about but anyway they have this intense moment where he pushes her up against the um the refrigerator new the new shiny refrigerator <laughs> and i'm covering my face because i fucking love this scene so much and cleaner you're gonna have to pop in because you know how i am with describing this kind of stuff i get lost and i forget but <laughs> um <laughs> he starts to solidify a little bit more obviously because he wants to touch her and he- well and he does like before that they'd had a lot of flirty scenes and there'd obviously been sexual tension mm. between them but this is the time where he takes it the next level and yes <laughs> he he digitally pleasures her yes with, with, her. Yes. with yes. yes with his ghost fingers yeah you think they gold, gold. <laughs> i this is like i love the scene too but this is the one piece i was like what because it sounded like she had completely opened up the house so that you could see from the front to the back yeah through the kitchen <laughs> and so the whole time i'm like well those guys were just here and now she's like naked <laughs> up against her fridge like obviously something good is happening to her and i'm like what the fuck are they seeing she really <laughs> loves that fridge she's so into that fridge <laughs> so into that fridge she's just laying like she's leaning so against happy it. to get that fridge just make really butt. pleased <laughs> i didn't even think about that well i know that's the kind of stuff that gets me a once in a while hey. I didn't even think of that either. Like, did she have no. curtains? She probably should. Right. <laughs> well, I know the original one she kept tearing down, so I'm not sure. <laughs> right. That's true. Oh, my God. So that was on my mind. But yes, it is a very sexy scene. Oh. And it's very, it's very hot because until that point, we're not sure how far. I mean, we know it's probably going to happen, but like, you just aren't sure exactly how far Jack's going to be able to go in this relationship. And he also did seem to be, at first, when he would flirt with her, it was more of a, I'm trying to get a rise out of her, Mm. I think. And then she just like, wouldn't take the bait and would like flirt back. And he's like, ah, and he'd get all prudish and like run away. He'd go to the attic and be like, ah, knock knock (laughs) a can over on his way. What are you wearing? Stop wearing that. So he couldn't decide which way to go. He was like, am I going to be sexy and flirty with her or is she going to push me too far? But anyway, like that was kind of the last straw is watching her interact with those other men while wearing nothing but a towel. And to add to it, she's a very tall woman. Mm-hmm. So a towel is going to be yeah. extra small on a very tall, <laughs> tall woman. They all wash. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, us in a towel is, you know. It's teeling. The whole thing. It's like to the ground. I'm like, I got a towel. Right? <laughs> it's a blanket. <laughs> We're all short here. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, it's a very steamy, sexy scene where it's just, it's kind of that moment where the characters just can't stop what's happening between them. Like they're, they're incapable of putting it off again. Their emotions and their need has gotten so strong mm-hmm. that this is going to happen. And both of them are in the moment really wanting it to happen. And so I think what Salette was going to do with our kiss and tell for this is like, do you have a story where that's just take like you're in the moment with your partner or your husband or somebody and it's just you can't you stop to, right what's now. happening. It's happening right now no matter what. Let's fuck. Click right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have okay. <laughs> I got older, so like my memories and I've had children, so that saps your brain. But yes, there have definitely, I mean, there's a lot of sex that happens in 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. We hope. <laughs> yeah. Whole. But yes, there's been a couple of we you start making out and you just get to a point where it's like, no, we're, we're not going to stop. I can't. I'm not going to stop. You're not going to stop. <laughs> You're definitely not going to stop. <laughs> um, 
my favorite stories and my poor child is downstairs hopefully she has her earphones on um we went to a, a kenny chesney concert and yeah i don't know i've got a soft spot for you know some country music not a lot but kenny chesney i don't know i like short little bald men apparently <laughs> <laughs> So we stop like on the way home from the concert and park on the side of a road and we're making out in the back and and I'm like, we got to go home to children. Let's just take advantage of this situation. So yeah, that was fun. And then 10 months later, we had my daughter. (laughs) You can thank Kenny Chesney for her existence. (laughs) Kenny Chesney. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny Chesney, for the baby. That's what happens when, like, Bud Light gets involved anytime. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that story. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, and I mean, I guess we could have stopped and obeyed traffic laws and got back on the street but um, or on the road. But. Sometimes you can't. You didn't do it while driving, so I well, think that's you true. were being safe. It was safe. We, we didn't put on our hazards or anything. We probably should have. <laughs> Don't, don't draw attention to the car. Right. <laughs> Officers knocking. <laughs> problem here? No, no problems. We're fine. We are so good. We're so good. I just need about three more minutes if you could just not shine the flashlight in my face. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. I've had two spontaneous car mo- moments both of which I thought we were going to be murdered in because it was always in some like place without a street light and in the dark, you know? So it just, it was always, always, <laughs> it's always scary. We, uh, so before our boys were born eight years ago, we, we had been together for 10 years. So there was a lot of spontaneous, just like, like you said, the makeout and the sex. And, but I think that memorable one that I had, it was here in the kitchen. Don't worry, Kalina. It's been clean since. <laughs> But it actually involved like food, which is not something I normally play with because I don't like it's too messy and it's just too I don't. And also, if you bring in food in the equation, now I just want to eat. I don't want to have sex anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Strawberries. How good is the sex, right? Compared to what 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 you're making? Food. I mean, boner or strawberries can. Which one do I want? Which one? I just don't know. They're so they're both so good. I don't have both of them very often. Which one? Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad Dan doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was one of the moments and I don't think that that was what came involved in that one because I remember finishing. Otherwise, it would have just been too messy and I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> Like, I can't, I'm, t- I'm like ADHD. I'm too sticky. I can't. Uh, yeah. Right? So. Yeah. <laughs> and for you, it's all external. Like, it's just on your skin. Like, things go inside of me, and I don't want whipped cream inside of me <laughs> or strawberries. Because then you're talking about like a yeast infection. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. cause for concern. Don't yeah. ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a similar one. It was after a concert where we did make it home, but I think that's because we had taken a Uber or a Lyft, something that I'm not that much of an exhibitionist (laughs) where I'm going to be like, (laughs) don't worry about it. Just keep driving. But it was that scene where kind of similar with, you know, it wasn't a refrigerator, but where you can barely make it through the door. And then you just like slam up against the door at the end once you once you get inside and just like luckily we didn't have roommates at the time that could have been awkward. <laughs> They're all watching Friends or whatever. <laughs> like hi, oh. welcome home. How was no. the concert? <laughs> yeah. It's been good, but it's just yeah. There's something about concerts like music does that to people. Music is a it's a very it's an aphrodisiac. touches emotions and it's right. and an aphrodisiac and yeah and you get it gets y'all hot and bothered yeah so I yeah a very similar story I like that I like those moments that where just passion kind of takes over mm-hmm. and yeah. you do behave a little bit recklessly a little bit you right. know maybe outside of your your norm exactly. having another child maybe unplanned. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, like, this is like every, I think we just lived a country song. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is how it starts. Yes. <laughs> Stick her out on a back road and then all of a sudden I'm a daddy. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I do believe there's at least a couple that are like oh, that. Right. Yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like it. How much of this twist should we say, Cells, do you think? I don't want to give it away because we're no. so adamant that people need to read this that I don't want to tell them. Yeah. But I do want to talk to Sarah about the next book. Well, see, that's the thing, right? <laughs> How so, do I talk about that without telling them what's coming? We are we're full of spoilers. That's usually we what usually it do is. We're just like, spoilers. look, this is what happens in the end. This is why we're having this discussion because we want to know what comes next. So I don't know how we can conceal that information without it going to the next part of it, because I personally can't wait for the second book and I do need a little bit more information, but I'm fucking loving this storyline that goes on to the next one. Because it's... I'm on the fence about this yeah. next <laughs> chapter. Oh. I can't I wait. have... I can see strange conversations needing to happen. That's why I can't wait, because I yeah. want the awkwardness. <laughs> I want that conversation to be like, what? what? Yeah, that happened two times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and it it was awkward to write, like, how how would somebody react if they, right? Their partner told them, hey, by the way... Uh, and it was I know I know you're gonna make me come around like I'll, I'll come around to the whole idea of it by the time I'm reading the book but at this moment I like we were I was finishing up the book and I was like ooh, well I don't know about that <laughs> and I feel bad for our audience because we're not telling them and now they're sitting there being all confused and befuddled well and if it helps like in the second book that is her major yeah, crisis that would have to be okay. I mean it's- she's a sensible person oh, so Right. Yeah. She's not super like laid back about, <laughs> you know, God. this is hard. I didn't even think about this as we were, you know, thinking. Like, normally we would just say it. Yeah. We would tell and we wouldn't worry about spoiling it. But now I don't want to. I do have to Sorry, say. Sorry, guys. Like, this is the reason why I started stalking you, Sarah. <laughs> it's because without knowing that the other books were already out because I don't do research. That's what Kalina does. <laughs> Your job? I, I really would just want to, I literally wanted to haunt you until the second book came out. And Kalina's like, I'm so glad you didn't, dude, because it's fucking out already. It's um, been out for a bit. Yeah, been out. But I mean, I think that's pretty much if we don't want to give it away, that's okay. what we have to say is, one, really, you should have read the book before you listen to us, especially in this one. But for us to continue the conversation, I don't know. It's almost kind of like... Yeah, I don't think we can. We're going to have to talk about other parts of the book because otherwise we'll have to say. But I think what we should do is just promise the audience to read the second one and then discuss it. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to because I have a lot of thoughts and I can't wait to read it. And it did start as one book, but it got too long. So I had to split it. And then I added a third. Yeah. Well, Maxine needs a book. Maxine and Hank. God, they're so cute. Hank is so freaking cute. I love it. He's so so great. He's such a nice man. (laughs) I love that you have that in because like you, you know, you get into the book and you know, when you're reading about it a little bit and we knew because we had spoken with you before that this is ghost and there's going to be ghost acts. And obviously, Hank is not a ghost in this one. But at some point, you're just like, is it going to be with the ghost? Or is it going to be with Hank that she has a relationship with? Because they have such Mm -hmm. a bond. They they do. And I've, I've had a couple readers even be like, why isn't she with Hank? Because Hank is and, in love with Maxine. I mean, yes. Why would you do that to Maxine? <laughs> and they both love Maxine, so why would? Yeah. And besides, he's like shorter than her, and it, you, not that that's a bad no. thing. It's just you it's know. a thing. <laughs> well, we all know I like yeah. short men, so short. Well, it sounded like you know he was in love with Maxine from like before Sarah or not Sarah before Destiny even came to town. So it's like you're not gonna right. mess that up. Like I, I thought it was funny that the family kept joking with him. Like yeah, you gotta marry her. Yeah, but they also like. <laughs> knew that that was a joke they were never real serious about it because they already were in on that he's in love with the shopkeeper across the streets but he just won't do anything about it so they're like well we'll tease him about being in love with destiny just to maybe make him push him in the direction of finally walking across the street and saying hi when he introduced himself again to her in the store that was so cute and she was so good about it she's like i know your name She's like, yes, honey. (laughs) 
We've been across the street for like seven years from each other. We live in a town of 500 people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's so cute. Okay. Yeah. So we have to get to the, but the second one we're going to do on the podcast. So then we can tell you guys about the big secret that we're not telling you about this episode. So do you have any questions for us, Sarah? Um, I don't. I, I, it's like I didn't prepare for this report. <laughs> Neither did we. <laughs> I just, I, you know, if I could say anything, I've just been enjoying listening to your podcast. It cracks me up. It's like the dog has been going on extra long walks because I want to finish them. He's like, it is hot out here. What the fuck are we doing? Why do you keep laughing? People are listening to this. <laughs> so, so I enjoy what you do, and I, and and then I'm now I have new reading material because you have such good reviews of these oh, books, thank you. fairies and fairy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, we can't give you guys too much because we're, yeah, we're not going to spoil this one for you. You're going to have to go in there and listen to it yourselves, people. Hopefully, like that's, yeah. Maybe that's enough, like, dangle that carrot in front of them enough. They're going to go read it. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) But, like, you got to find out. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think that they kind of get the not secret part that Jack moves on. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he ha- he gets closure on his whole story. It's very sweet, and it's very much due to destiny and mm-hmm. her tenaciousness in terms of she's a fixer, she's a helper. And even though at times she's like wants to take the selfish road of not figuring it out so that he doesn't leave, that's not fair to him or healthy for herself. So in the end, she does help him, and he moves mm-hmm. on and out of her house. And so that's where we get to move on with the next story the finding destiny is the second one and then fighting destiny is the third so all right yeah so typically for our fun fuck facts what we do is find a fun fuck fact but what we'll do with our authors is we'll give you the floor to share about any upcoming projects anything that you've worked on anything anything that you want to share and then share how we can contact you and what our our listeners can how our listeners can get a hold of you not get a hold of you but like find you like oh my gosh (laughs) what is your phone number (laughs) (laughs) what's your home address Well, I have a new uh, series out on Vila, like the chapter by chapter books. Um, and it's about like a time traveling, it's a time traveling romance cool. uh, that a girl that falls down a flight of stairs ends up in a different time area. And yeah, it's really fun. And I'm enjoying writing it. And it's really, it's kind of spicy. And it's, yes. uh, it's good for me because instead of waiting for this project, which is like a mostly done novel, I have to complete a chapter and edit it like all in one week, which keeps me on track. So that's one of my funner projects. Funner. Good God. <laughs> you guys, we just said she's a great writer. <laughs> Not so good at speaking. <laughs> Never mind everything we said. It was <laughs> and then, of course, I've got this trilogy and I've got a podcast. It's like an audio cast, like an old radio show called Saturn Rising. And it's a sci-fi uh, sort of adventure story. It's super fun. You can find it on Audible and also on Spotify. I think there's a cat trap somewhere. I hear, <laughs> I hear a cry. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, let's see what else. I've got a, a new trilogy that's just a contemporary cowboy romance. And we're, we're waiting to hear back on the progression of that and, and how and where it's going to get published. But it's ready to go. So, yeah. And then I have a blog. Uh, it's sarahreikertauthor.com. And that's uh, my website. And it has lots of good information, good blogs about writing, about if you're getting started into writing. Um, there's poetry on there. There's a, I'm accepting submissions for an anthology. What else? I've been busy. And you can find me on Facebook under S.E. Reichert, two capitalized S.E. And then my last name, Reichert, R-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. And yes, I live in a blue house on the corner (laughs) (laughs) with a really big pit bull in the yard. So, but she's not mean. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's going to break in probably. Well, they'll still take a look at her and be like, okay, I'll keep walking. That's, yeah, that's why even with, we have to have the uh, aggressive looking dogs, even when they're very gentle and kind. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He's a big spoiled baby. (laughs) My Doberman wouldn't hurt a fly, but he looks badass. Right. Dobies do, but they're very sweet. Very sweet. And yeah, my plot hound is 92 pounds of I love you. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, can we go back real quick to Saturn Rising? Yeah. And yes, you said, obviously, I already, yeah, I'm writing it down. It. Too. <laughs> so you said that's a podcast. It's a podcast. So it was a novella I had written for a contest, and it, it made the top 15, but didn't quite get there. So I was serializing it on my blog, and a local studio started reading it and really liked it. So they bought the rights, and I had to rewrite it as a script, which was fun. And then it's like a radio show, so it's really cool. They have like explosions and blaster fire and it's it's so fun it's a fun story uh they picked really good actors for it and it's just it's really cool if you've ever heard your own words getting you know read and and brought to life by somebody else it was just really fun project and it's yeah it's um explicit but not too naughty though there is one love scene in there okay That is neat. I that's really cool. I was just thinking. I wish that this trilogy, Destiny, Finding Destiny, it was like could be a movie. Fixing Destiny, Finding Destiny, Finding Destiny, all of it. Like I need this to be like a mini series of some sort. Maybe on um, who's the wife of the rich guy, <laughs> Kalina, <laughs> who's make or the ex-wife who wants to make the romance. Oh, um, um, I don't remember which is. rich guy it is. <laughs> She, she's making an entire channel of just romance books turned into movies. Yes. Oh, what? Yes. Uh, is it? Is that Elon Dex? It was one. It's one. It's either Elon or it's not Bezos's. Okay, then it's not. Then I think it she's is the Elon. one that's giving away all the money. I think it's Elon Musk's ex-wife, and yeah, she wants to make a like a, stream, a network streaming channel network. Yeah. That's just romance movies, like basically what Hallmark does, only with yeah real romance books. You know, oh, yeah. that would be so cool. Well, we'll have to write her. And yes, yes. Your pilot. We'll be there here. we go. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you for sharing that. So, yeah, you guys go and check out Sarah and all of her work. We're excited to get into book two and book three, and uh, we'll keep you guys abreast about what we're gonna do and how we're gonna have that conversation in the future. But yeah, there's such a big twist, you guys. You have to read the book. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to calm down for a minute now. Okay. But yes, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had so much fun. This is like the highlight of my weekend. So thanks. All right, guys, that was our interview with Sarah Reichert and her book, Fixing Destiny. I still have a really hard time saying that. (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed, Sarah, if you're listening. We know you are walking your dog (laughs) right now. So thank you so much for coming on the show. That was a lot of fun. So let's close this out. Let's do our our reading. We'll let people know what we're reading next. Absolutely. Can I just start with For Everything? Sorry, were you going to? Ten? Yes. Fuck yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean. mean <laughs> this is yeah, it's the platinum of the books mm-hmm. that we read. Romance takes a lot of hits because people some people, you know, get most familiar with some of the books that aren't perhaps the best written. Yeah. But this just is the book that proves in every genre, just like every genre, not only in romance, but there are variations on writing mm-hmm. and you're going to get writers like Sarah who have that, you know, have poetry background and like she said, there is that current belief in writing the show don't tell. So you're kind of supposed to be a little bit more sparse with words. But I think there's something to be said for having really beautiful prose. Mm-hmm. And um, we get that in her book. And it's wonderful. So yeah, it's a full on 10. Yeah. Uh, and also, you can have a beautifully written prose and dirty ghost sex in the Absolutely. same book. <laughs> really like they can coexist it's totally cool you don't have to like pretend like oh no no we're highbrow we can't have dirty ghosts exactly and this is absolutely proof of it and it's not like it's not just fillers that she's trying to find into you know fill different parts of her books like all of this is beautifully written and it's all it explains what's happening in the book and the characters just fucking come out of the page and into the emotion comes straight across and it really does get you like Mm -hmm. i did spend the last like (laughs) i think you know 20 pages crying yeah just crying that like tears rolling down my face (laughs) 
the last part of it, like the twist that we're not letting people know about, which is not us. We normally like, look, guys, if you haven't read it, that's your fault. But we really do want you guys to dive into this. And, and I don't want to ruin this for yes. anyone. This is the kind of thing that needs to be experienced mm-hmm. firsthand. Yeah. So, yes, go read this. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, 10 overall. Sex and, and book. Sex, book. All of it. All uh, of it. Yeah. That was... Cover. It's nice and soft. Mm-hmm. Is that soft it cover? soft cover. <laughs> that matte-ish. Yes. Yeah, but like, we love it. Go ahead. It's go great. read it. Yeah, go Don't, read it. Why are you even still listening to Come on, to you us? guys. Why do we understand. have to do this every time? <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> so for our next book, people... We are going to read another book by Dorinda Jones. We haven't revisited her for a while, so we're excited about this. It's not a continuation of the book that we've done before. No. This one is called Betwixt, and it's narrated by Tracy Odom. So um, we're excited for this. This is one of her newer works, right? Yeah, it's uh, Betwixt in Between is the name of the series, and this just came out in 21, so it's very recent. Whereas, yeah, we were trying to do an older series by her, and there's just so many books, and I just was like, I got to read something more current. So. Yeah. And I love, I think she, she's actually one of my number ones on that story. I think First Grave on the Right, I believe is what it was called. Is on the right. Yeah. 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 And I love her other, her non-romance series, Sunshine Vikram, Bad Day for Sunshine is the first book in that series. Mm-hmm. And it's freaking really good too, but it's not romance. Oh, okay. But she's just, she's a fun writer. Yeah. She she has some really fun books, but she's so prolific that. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so it's going to take <laughs> That's why we're like, okay, we got to start with something that's new. new Hey, guys, it's brand new. It came out in 21 and there's already four fucking books out. (laughs) See, we can't keep up. Someone's like, we're still behind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, I'm sorry. There's three out and the fourth one comes out as you guys are listening to this. (laughs) Oh, nice. It comes out the following week. So. Yeah. And there's like 15 other books in the other series that we read a couple years ago for, of hers. Her Charlie Davidson yeah, series. Yeah, Charlie Davidson. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, uh, 13. Yeah. It's the one, a yeah, lot. Too much. And we can't catch up. We can't. So. Sorry. We can only do so much. <laughs> All of our writers write so freaking much and it's like, well... We can't cover it all. We d- we have to quit our jobs and just do podcasting. You know, and like not pay mortgage. <laughs> yeah, no one would pay me to do that. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. But yeah, join us for that next time. So we will see you then. In the meantime, please reach out to us on social media. We are Shh Dirty Books on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And all of that, it is sh- with three H's. And you can visit us at our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. And if you guys can go there, rate, review, subscribe, we would love that. And don't forget to visit Sarah and go look for her, Sarah Reichert, all of her books, follow her and, you know, maybe don't spam her or stalk her like I <laughs> have been doing. <to>, you know? <laughs> I mean, the silent stalking I, through social media is what we know, all kind of do. That's true. We do. And I definitely did it so please get these books read them support the authors support sarah and all of her work and thank you jim townsend for the music and with that we're gonna say good night guys thank you for joining us this is say that and this is kalina and we'll see you later bye, bye. yeah you've been listening to Sh- reading dirty books with kalina and say be sure to tune into the next episode some more of your dirty books read to you and if you're listening on a format it allows you to give a rating please do that for them